I hadn't thought that I was going to be a suspect, but then the lady that I talked to at the fire department was like, well, I can't tell you much because it's currently being investigated for mm -hmm. arson. And then as I'm talking to her and I'm like, I just need the fire report so I can send it to the insurance company. And she's like, well, I can let you know that we found it. It's a suspected arson and that we think it was a Molotov cocktail. And just to let you know, we have recovered parts of the bottle with fingerprints on it. And it's been sent to, you know, the lab for testing. Yeah. And I'm just like, she's obviously hinting that I should be afraid. Welcome back to the Hustle on Purpose podcast. Uh, I'm your host, GT Eichard. Today we have a very special guest, Matt Barger. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for yeah. coming out and agreeing to do this. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to dive into it today. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you do, how you got here. Oh, man. So um, I've been doing this for about 15 years now. Have a you know, started out the very beginning is I went to the University of Central Arkansas. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Had an insurance department. Got into the insurance and risk management uh, courses. Went through all that. Graduated. Started doing personal insurance. You know, home, auto, umbrella, boats, etc. Um, got bored with that because it was the same thing over and over. You know, name, date of birth, driver's license, over and over and over. Really got interested in business insurance, um, property investors. That is business insurance because that's a business to them. Um, and I got interested in it because it is more complicated. No one is the same. Um, uh, you know, person comes to you with a homeowner's policy. Homeowner's policy is a homeowner's policy. There's some variation, but um, for you, for example, like on a landlord, it may be occupied, it may be vacant. You may be about to do renovation work on it. So um, it's just, I, I enjoy doing it um, for the differences. Um, right. It's, you know, no one thing's the same. So it just, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, you get some of that variance in your day. Yeah. Some variety is the spice of life, like they say. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, you went to UCA, got a degree in insurance, basically. Mm -hmm. um, did personal and and like you said, that's that's there's there's really no kind of personal flair to that personal insurance. It's like there's it's pretty cut and dry. But now you deal with all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. You'll farms. have me call you and tell you I bought a commercial gynecology clinic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, crazy yeah. Stuff, like, stuff that. like that. Farms, yeah. distressed farms, manufacturers, nursing right. homes. I mean, just anything yeah. really. Yeah. Every day is different. The um, so tell us a little bit about. I think so. Most of our listeners will be business owners or investors or want to be investors. What is the benefit of calling someone like you as opposed to reaching out to their local like state farm agent, farm bureau agent, traveler's agent, something like that? Um, the biggest difference is uh, mainly just being able to kind of do the shopping for you. Um, and you don't have to pay somebody like us 
any more than you did your local state farm, all state farmers, whatever. Um, you go to them, they're going to get you one product. You come to us, we can look throughout the entire marketplace and see what product benefits you the most. Um, not only from a coverage standpoint, but also, you know, price wise, cause I know margins are super tight with property investors. It, it is what it is. So we just kind of, you know, take that off the property investors plate, shop it for them. And then especially if it is a very specific scenario with what they have going on with this property, a state farm or a all state or farmers may not be able to do what you're specifically needing because all they hear is rental property okay they've got one product for it right well we hear rental property and we say what about this 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 and this mm -hmm. so just we tailor it to the individual what they need i feel like i experienced the best of both worlds finding you guys because i was in a situation where when i first started building my real estate portfolio I, I worked for a fairly large investment company and in that their property management had about 7,000 single family homes. And within that management company, they were able to negotiate really good group rate stuff basically mm -hmm. for that entire portfolio. So if you wanted to have your stuff insured under their group rate that came, it's kind of like getting, healthcare at your job, right? Like yep. you have the benefit of leveraging the, the power of the group as a whole to get a better group rate. And whenever I left there and I left that management company, I needed to move my portfolio to someone else. I lost that benefit and started shopping around for insurance. And I found it really difficult um, because you talk to you, you talk to some of these, you know, your go-to large insurance companies. And like you said, they pigeonhole you into this niche of like rental property. You, you know, that asset qualifies for this rental policy, whatever. Um, and my price that I had this, I had always kind of factored it as this fixed cost. Um, all of a sudden that fixed cost is now astronomically more expensive and I consider myself very fortunate to have found you. You were recommended to me. And through that property and casualty stuff being what you do every day, and um, y'all were able to find me incredible rates. I saved a ton of money, um, have great coverage. And on top of that, I'm able to talk to you directly or to Shelby. Big shout out to Shelby. She's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so I get that that personalized, tailored attention. I mean, we've gotten it down now where like, I'll be closing on a property and I'll email y'all and have my quote that day and like we're set to go. Because yeah. a lot of times it's a, it, the, the need for that quick process has been great as well. So having that where it's just, yep, we're just adding that to your monthly thing and it's all taken care of is outstanding. And it's not like trying to get a hold of one of those huge insurance firms where I have to go through this rigmarole of like proving who I am and like finding these account numbers and whatever. It's like I email you and Shelby and Shelby emailed me right back like, yep, got you taken care of. And here's what we need from you or blah, blah, blah. And um, it's just great to have been on this side of experiencing. Not only is it good coverage, not only is it less expensive, but 
on top of that, I also feel like I get great customer service from you guys. Yeah. Good. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad Shelby, she is amazing. She's great. She, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of, you know, you talk about those group rates and that, that's, that's a big thing in the property investor world right now with, with regards to insurances. Um, because we have access to those group rates, if you want to call them that. We call them we call them master policies, um, and everyone has its own rating rules in it, manual mm-hmm. rules. So um, you know, one zip code under master policy A may have an entirely different rate than master policy B. Okay. But then we're also looking through the rest of the master policies as well because they have like different risk profiles that they allow in the group is that that's probably terrible verbiage but. no so um it all goes back to how the master policy set up by the actuary um you know if if they determine you know zip code 72221 um right. is you know higher risk from crime wind fire um, those kind of, they take all those variables into place, right? You know, one actuary, you know, a person or a group of people may look at that as more hazardous or, you know, risky than someone else. And right. so every master policy could just be different. And, you know, and we don't always have to go to a master policy. Sometimes that's not the way to go with it. Um, right. We just don't know until we really look at it. This episode of Hustle on Purpose is brought to you by Arkansas Real Estate Buyers. If you have a problematic piece of real estate, we would love to help you. Go to the description, click on the link, schedule a free consultation with me personally, and we'll get you set up. Now let's get back to the show. It seems like people go through an evolution. It's almost, it's similar to how people do it with their property management. It's like you get a house and you manage it yourself. You grow that to where you've got three houses and you manage it yourself, it gets to a breaking point where you hire a management company, right? And then eventually, it, if you grow enough, you get to a point where you're bring that management in-house and you manage everything yourself again. With insurance and, and the investors that I talk to and deal with, it seems to be kind of the same way. Like you get that first rental property and you call your State Farm, Farm Bureau, whatever, agent and, uh, you know, you get that one property insured and, you know, maybe you do that on the first handful. Then you get to a point where you realize like, well, they're just pigeonholing me in their standard policy. And it's getting to the point where it's like, it's hindering the growth of my business and my profitability. And then you, the, the economics of it kind of force your hand to call somebody like you. And, um, I just didn't realize that 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 was a thing until I kind of got into it. And I wish I had known sooner the benefits of meeting someone that does what you do and building that relationship and starting it quickly. Because I could have saved myself some pain and heartache and headaches along the way if I had done it sooner. Yeah. I mean, those are great. Those are great products. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you have, you know, if you have your home and auto insurance with, um, you know, one of the storefront agencies like that, um, you know, it's a great product. It's, you know, you're not hurting yourself on that end. Um, but you know, there, there are times where you can get that same product at a, at a 
you know, a better rate. Right. And it'll hold steady longer. Yeah. Um, just with the way rates are moving now, it's just, it's, it's hard to keep up. And at the beginning, when you have one or two rent houses, it's, it's, it is likely worth the extra premium for the additional coverage because you can't weather as much risk. Like, but, but for me personally, getting to the point where it's like, I need more of like catastrophic coverage um, because I can weather a weathering a storm sounds like a terrible like turn of phrase, but I I just need more of that catastrophic risk coverage because the portfolio has gotten to a size now where it can handle um, smaller incidents happening. Yeah, yeah. I wish uh, in every insurance. Will- every insurance agent would say the same, but you know, we wish everybody would look at their insurance specifically when it comes to homeowners or rental properties or even businesses. Um, it's not a maintenance policy. Um, you know, you really, it's really there for the catastrophic events. Mm. Um, it's not, it's, it's not there if your refrigerator goes out. Right you just need to get a new refrigerator. You don't need to file that because right. you're going to, you're going to pay for that next year. Um, cause the insurance rates are already going to go up. And because you had that now yours is going to go up that much more. Um, and that, that's where a lot of people have a disconnect with, with insurances they viewed as a maintenance policy. Mm. Yeah. We just call those things the joys of home ownership. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So how often would you say your typical person needs to be shopping around their insurance? Um, Because rates, you've mentioned a couple of times, rates going all over the place. It it really varies, um, especially in the different different insurance sectors. It really differs. Home and auto insurance every three years, minimum. there's, you just have to do it with the way rates are with every insurance carrier there is. Um, and, you know, people make complaints, you know, I've, I've never made a claim with them. That's fine. They're still going to raise your rate because insurance is a pool of money. Right. And the people that are pulling that money together are trying to make money. But because they have a contract between you, they're responsible for filling their end of the bargain if you know, something catastrophic happens. Mm-hmm. And when that rate goes up, you know, we have to shop it. But three years later, we may be right back with that same company because their rates may be better than everybody else because now everybody else has gone up and matched that price point. Right. It's just a big, it's a big circle with insurance carriers. You know, who's the best now may not be the best in three years, but right, like you said a minute ago, if you were paying those rates, those prices earlier on, you would have saved money throughout that time span. So, you know, over the course of three years, you save all this money. Well, what if you switch back and find a different carrier that was charging what what you were paying three years before? Well, then you're still saving that same amount of money. You've just right. switched things around a little bit. The only, and I just want to get your perspective on it. So shopping around your personal home and auto every three years 
is there any downside to switching every three years? Because I know, and, and this might just be totally false and maybe, you know, um, is there any, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, like loyalty, brand loyalty. Like if does, let's say you're trying to get your roof replaced on your house cause you have suspected hail damage really you just want it replaced cause it is old and looks bad. Yeah. But do you think you're more likely to get that roof replaced and paid for by insurance if you've had them for 10 years than if you've had them for two years or you don't think it plays into it at all? It will go back to in, it'll go to what the adjuster finds. Right. Period. If you have, if you've had a policy for 10 years and you switch all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and say within two years, you file a, a roof claim. Within that past two years, if you've had a major hail event or strong winds, they're probably they're probably going to pay it. I'm not not saying they will, right? But that that weather event happened while right. they were on the policy. Um, with regards to loyalty, um, me personally and everything I see uh, with a carrier, it sounds bad, but they're not loyal to you. You don't have to be loyal to them. It's what's in your best interest because mm-hmm. um, it's your contract. It's your policy. You can cancel it whenever you want. Um, some policies, you it's not smart to do that. But for the most part, um, absolutely do what's best for you. Um, but, you know, when it does come time to file a claim, you know, if you had policy A for 10 years and you had a major weather event during that time and then you switched and there hasn't been anything, they may not they may not pay it because nothing's happened while they've been on it so in my experience it just obviously no insurance company would come out and say that they do that they would never come out and say well you haven't been with us for long enough so we're not going to pay for your roof replacement yeah no but it does it does seem to have some kind of correlation you know like in in real estate like we'll we'll tell people uh, I, I've seen this happen before where it's like you, when you're buying a house, you try and negotiate the seller to get their homeowner's insurance to a degree to pay for a new roof before you take it over as a buyer. Not only because it benefits you because the house you're buying comes with a brand new roof, mm-hmm. but because insurance companies, and this may just be superstitious, um, insurance companies are more likely to pay for that roof claim for that previous owner than they are for a brand new owner yeah oh yeah no absolutely um and then it also benefits the buyer right on their insurance because you come to an insurance company with a new roof anything new and they're like better rate because we know we're probably not gonna have to pay a roof roof on it yeah Yeah. so that's a little tidbit for people out there like if you're about to sell your house see if your insurance company will pay for a new roof uh you know when we sold our house, my wife and I, we sold our house, um, I don't know, six, seven years ago. That's what the buyers asked us. And so we filed it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it had hail damage. It was legit. Right. Um, it was taken care of by insurance. You know, we paid our deductible and moved on and there you go. You know, got the sale done. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I was just interested in your take on that because I didn't know if there was any truth behind it. Because it's one of those things, it's like it's hard to really verify because no insurance company is going to say. No, they're not going to say it. But then also, 
an adjuster, a lot of adjusters now are third party. Right. They yeah. don't work for the insurance company. Mm -hmm. They're not getting paid based on, they're not getting paid based on what that insurance company says or, you know, having them cut checks or not. Now, if you're just approving claims left and right for without having doing, without having done due diligence right. of inspecting and really providing sufficient evidence that it should be approved. Right. Yeah. That third party company, your boss may get mad at you because he's like, we get paid by them. Right. And that's how I pay you. But you're, you're just approving everything without doing your job. Yeah. They're not, they're not incentivized directly to pay or not pay your claim. But one of their KPIs, their key performance indicators is 100% like how many claims they approve. Oh, they're, yeah, they audit it. They, they'll audit yeah. adjusters, right. uh, third party adjusting agencies, just like they do um, insurance agencies. Yeah. They, they audit us as well. Right. Um, there's several times where we've had a claim and um, the carrier or the adjuster will ask for a copy of the signed application when we originally wrote the policy. You know, we provide it, but, you know, we do that. And then carriers also ask, and it's also a law. We have to, we have to maintain signed documentation on file for any new business. I can't remember. It's a maybe five years or so before it can be removed. But since everything's digital now, we just keep, there's a digital copy of everything yeah. with every person's file at all times. So, yeah, that, that third party, even though they are a third party adjuster, they're not technically employed by the insurance company. Like they know where their bread is buttered, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they know if they're, if they're going to tell if, and, and they're not the ultimate decision, you know, maker. decision maker on that, you know, they're just the field adjuster. They take all their evidence and send it to the desk adjuster. And they're the ones that, you know, sign off on it or so, you know, approve or decline. Right. Yeah. I have, I owned a roofing business for like five years. So like I, I have my own biases towards insurance companies and adjusters. And oh yeah. No. And it, it goes the other way around to, you know, adjusters have their own biases towards roofing companies because yep. just like any business, there's, you know, there's shady people, right. Shady businesses. But, um, you know, uh, you and I are probably more familiar with, you know, contractors being shady because we, we see them all the time. Right. Um, you know, somebody that doesn't deal with them all the, all that often, you know, they would never know there's shady roofers or plumbers or electricians because they don't deal with them. Right. Yeah. The, I would, I would always try to meet the adjuster there and it's, it's a very divisive thing. An adjuster is either like excited to see you there because like, you know, I'd have my ladder set up. I'd go ahead and mark some test squares on the roof, like out of the way where they, they could just, just trying to make their life easier, but also like stay out of their way and let them do their job. Yeah. Um, and they would either like hate that you were there or, or be truly like thrilled that, you know, yeah. you're there to help, but it's, yeah. it's usually either or, and you mm. know, very quickly, which oh, one yeah. you've got. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you never know with, with yeah. an adjuster, but they're, what the 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 downside of it where people can get upset with claims is um there's not that many adjusters and they're so underpaid and overworked and there's a reason for that 
you know, and it kind of goes back to your, you know, is it an unspoken thing? You know, do insurance companies want to pay, you know, is it, you know, within the adjuster's best interest, you know, with the number of claims that happen, it would benefit everybody if there were more adjusters. Mm. Um, Cause I know I have a, I have a good friend. He's an adjuster here in Arkansas and he has hail claims from last week that he's not going to be able to get to until next week or just for, to really look at anything. Right. Cause they have so much on their plate because there's people that actually have real claims going on like catastrophe claims. Right. But then you also had these little maintenance claims that should it have been filed? No, but because it's in the system and it's claimed, you've got to, you got to investigate and look at it and it just slows everything down. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, so when you have a, a catastrophic tornado roll through like we did in Little Rock. I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, I know they send in a, a flood of out-of-state adjusters, catastrophe oh, yeah. team adjusters to come in and handle stuff like that. But, um, I yeah, I can't imagine how busy you've been, how busy everyone that makes that insurance ecosystem work. I mean, it's just been daunting, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, we, uh, I know, I know my team, we were taking calls till about 12 o'clock that night when the tornado came through, just giving people different information, um, taking information down, you know, which house it was. Um, we really didn't even bother asking what the damage was. We just, in our reports, but tornado, cause it's obvious, um, you know, taking information, giving them contacts, people like you, uh, for housing, you know, um, construction companies, restoration companies. Um, yeah. Just like water mitigation. Uh, like, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. But I mean, I think, I think we've had, cause when, that was on March 31st, I think. Yeah. It was the end of March and we've already had already within the, within the last two weeks. I mean, we've had some carriers just pay, cut out some big checks for people already which is great Um, that's why i mean this is one of those situations where it's exactly why you have it yeah and you know the what you know the downside of it is yeah these customers are getting the checks but just because you have the check doesn't mean everything's immediately fixed it's right you know you may have a check with a house that's got three walls standing right now the real fun begins trying to get all the pieces together and who's going to build it, who's going to fix it. And, but you know, the, the insurance part can, you know, they can recommend, um, like preferred vendors, preferred contractors that they've dealt with in the past that they know they they've dealt with in the past that they know are going to provide invoices that match up with what the market mm-hmm. kind of is. Um, just that kind of speeds up the process. But you know, if, if people have somebody they want to use, then by all means use them. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, the, the check certainly helps. Yeah. It's certainly better than not having a check, but I mean, these people that their houses were leveled by a tornado, um, that, that process is tough. There's, there's so many decisions that have to be made that you can't, you can't really be prepared for when something like that happens. Mm -hmm. Where do I, you know, do I move my family somewhere else? Do we yeah. buy a new house? Do we rebuild that house? You know, I'm sure these insurance checks come with, um, 
some of that is allocated towards like a, a place to live for a short period of time while you decide, figure out what your next move is. Yeah. Is that usually like six months? So they'll split that actually. Um, because each part to your policy, your policy is, is this with most policies, they're broken into different sections. Um, so like if you had your home and this is whether it's a rental property or right. personal residence, you know, if it's insured for a hundred thousand and it's totaled and you have a thousand dollar deductible, they're going to give you a $99,000 check for right. the house. But what about where you're staying? Well, submit receipts for that. They'll give, cut you checks for that. What about my personal property? Try and get together a list the best you can of what you had. Um, and they'll cut you a check for that too. So, you know, it, there's going to be, there's going to be multiple checks yeah. that are cut from an insurance company in the event. It's a total loss. Um, especially for you know a business owner because, um, you know, y'all don't have the, you know, where am I going to stay problem? You have the loss of rent problem. Right. You know, what they'll ask is, you know, submit your last six month rent roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll start paying that back. And that's, so that really just brings us back to your policy origination. Like, having these catastrophic things in mind when you get your policy for like making sure you have stuff like rent protection. Yes. What your deductible is. Yeah. All of those factors that kind of going into figuring out your policy and what the premium is for that policy. Yeah. Some, everybody looks at it differently. Some people look at getting the insurance as I just have to do it because the bank tells me mm-hmm. this is for property investors. I have to do it because the bank tells me. So it's going to cover the loan amount. Do you want loss of rents? No, I just want all that. All they truly care about is the loan amount. Mm-hmm. And you know, you talk about getting one check and being done. You can write the policy to where it's one check and you're done. I mean, it's right. You can do it that way. Um, does it save you money throughout the course of the year, collecting rent, paying expenses? Uh, yeah, it absolutely does. If you have a catastrophic event happen like this, is that check exactly what you wanted? Um, did you want the money that covers that loan amount? Right. And because insurance is there to put you back where you were before as mm-hmm. if nothing happened. Um, so if, you know, if your loan was a hundred and the policy is a hundred thousand, that's yeah. it. You don't, it. you don't personally get any, it's, this is, this is going to go to the bank. Um, right. Yeah. But, directly. Yeah. <laughs> Do not yeah, pass go. Yeah. It has your name <laughs> on the check. The it, it has you or your business name on the check and yeah. it'll have and bank. They both got a sign that money's the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we see that I have seen that, um, you know, people, the people, a lot of investors lately, since they have seen this have made significant adjustments. Yeah. They've thought about it. They've rethought how they originally bought that policy. Their mindset has changed. You know, I do want loss of rents or I do want replacement cost coverage. I, I would want to rebuild. Um, and then there's some people that, you know, is a cash, you know, is a cash buy. And, you know, when that check comes, it really is like, you yeah, know, they can do what they want with it. Clear the lot, yeah. sell it as is. Um, but for homeowners is where it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see because especially the areas that were affected, 
you know, all those, those houses were bought like in the last 10 years, like personal residences, those interest rates were low. So $200,000, even two years ago at a 3% interest rate on 30, that $200,000 is not going to get you the same house now because interest, what, seven and a half. That's so true. Yeah. So yeah. Prime prime's almost eight. Um, and they're having a meeting today. Uh, to and I think they're going to do it at least another quarter percent mm. raise. Yeah, and so that the, that's the area that you know I haven't heard many people talk about. Is I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like, there's a lot yeah. of people that haven't thought about that. Is you no, know, so like property investors that you know buy property cash, it's not that big a deal. You know, you don't have to pay a bank back. You can take that cash and just put in another one if you want. Yeah, um, but homeowners is who who it's gonna it's gonna impact the most. Like primary. You know, their primary mm-hmm. residence. Those are the people it's going to impact the most. Um, yeah. So that's that's the unfortunate part. And it even goes for their cars. You know, there are a lot of cars that were damaged during all that. Um, if they were making payments on that car and they bought it a couple years back, mm-hmm. interest rates are interest rates. Now, if it's new, you know, now you've got an 8% interest rate to play with. And that's, yeah. that's, that's going to be hard to do for a lot of people. Right. When you were talking about the policy origination stuff and loss of rents and stuff like that, it, it just made me remember it's another area y'all were super helpful with for me because y'all could help me weigh the cost of, of like with rent coverage and without it. And um, in most cases, it was just like, I mean, I don't, I, it was like a couple of extra dollars a month and you could yeah. have like rent coverage. It's like, Dude, yeah, that's great. Yep. Um, and it's another benefit that I've experienced working with you guys is that, you know, there's been houses where I just, I needed it insured for a certain amount. It's like, well, you can insure it. There's, I didn't realize there was those coverage amount. Uh, you'll have a, a nice word for it that I don't, but it was like, well, you can insure it for this much and it, it's like a price break. Like if you, you wanted to insure for 75, but if you insure for 80,000, it's, um, it's like cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. That a lot of times they'll have, um, and this is just every carrier is different, but, um, you know, a lot of carriers want to insure at a per square foot amount to qualify for right. replacement costs, actual cash value. Right. And the, I mean, the difference between the two is huge. You know, you either, do you want a partial loss to be depreciated or do you want it back the way it was? And, you know, it's, it can, it can be as little as, you know, if you say, I, I want it insured for 101. You say, well, if you do it for 102, you get replacement cost and it's 30 cents more a month. You might as well right. do it. Yeah. So, we, but I mean, that's we stuff like I would have known, like, yeah. as, as the buyer of the insurance, like, I don't know those things without you telling me that. Yeah. So it's, it's nice when you get a text, it's like, Hey, for 30 cents more a month, there's this drastic benefit you would have like not. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not trying to, you know, some insurance agents will kind of get lumped into, you know, they're trying to upsell just like if you're at the drive through, they're like, do you want a large for a quarter more? Right. Like I don't care about that because you have to think about it. You know, we're commission based too. How much, how much more do you really think we get for a couple dollars more a month? We don't. It's right. It's truly 
can we just give you this? So that way, if something does happen, you're not mad at me. Right. <laughs> you know, we have this. For I you. like having the option. Yeah. I've never felt like it was an upsell. I've been like, oh, great. Like that's like a drastic savings for the value. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not every time that I get a message like that. It's just yeah. like, Hey, on this one, like we happen to notice, um, you know, you insured it for what, you know, whatever you can get this much more coverage for like a fraction. If you just bump it up or right. something like that, Yeah, which is just something you just don't, you could say that it's an upsell, but like travelers is not going to do that. They're not going to tell you, well, hey, like do it for five thousand more dollars coverage for ten cents. See, and, or I haven't had that happen. Yeah, and maybe they do. I mean, we represent travelers. Yeah, um, I have nothing. I've I've had nothing but great experiences with them, especially during this whole tornado. Um, well, I'm not bad mouthing. Yeah, like, no, no. Their theirs are just a little bit different. Um, you know, we plug in property information, and it'll spit out what they want to insure it for. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Um. And it's going to be replacement cost. It, it's going to be right. not a, you know, not necessary. We can modify, agents can modify policy to turn, you know, a, a, a Camry into a Cadillac. We can, we can do that uh, with all the bells and whistles, but it doesn't always make sense with the individual. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be an expensive policy. Not everybody needs golf cart coverage. You know, they don't need it on their homeowners, but. Right. Some people do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we tailor it as good as we can. Some carriers, you have, you know, way more ability. They give you, they give the agent a lot more power to mold and shape the policy how they see fit. Right. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask people is if they have any uh, horror stories. I thought you would probably have several. I have one that includes you that I can share if you want me to while you're thinking of something. Yeah, go for it. Are we talking horse like with my kids or are you talking about like work? <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be your kids. Oh. But it, <laughs> There's I too was, many. I was thinking more along the lines of just like um, crazy clients or crazy, uh, you know, things you've seen happen in the property and casualty insurance world. Mm. Um but I mean, I, I'll start with mine so you can think of something. Right. So mine was, it was, I think it was the, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving and I was out of town. I was in Branson, Missouri with my family and I got a call from my property management company at the time that, that I'd had a house fire and it was at a, a house that we had been trying to evict people and, um, that that it had caught on fire and then it had subsequently caught the house that I happen to own next door on fire as well. And thankfully no one was hurt, but here we are the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I'm out of town and I have to call Matt and tell him that I had one fire, but two separate properties, uh, burn. And, um, then it was like, you know, you answered my phone call on Saturday and helped me out and talked me through it. And I called to get the fire report and the people, uh, I, I made sure to mention that I was out of town because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, golly, like I'm going to, I hadn't thought that I was going to be a suspect, but then the lady that I talked to at the fire department was like, 
Well, I can't tell you much because it's currently being investigated for mm-hmm. arson. And then as I'm talking to her and I'm like, I just need the fire report so I can send it to the insurance company. And she's like, well, I can let you know that we found it. It's a suspected arson and that we think it was a Molotov cocktail. And just to let you know, we have recovered parts of the bottle with fingerprints on it. And it's been sent to, you know, the lab for testing. Yeah. And I'm just like, she's obviously hinting that I should be afraid yes. that like these are going to be my fingerprints on this bottle. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's great. Like, I hope you catch the person because yeah. they, they, they burnt two of my houses down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I please get that report whenever you have it so I can get it to the insurance company? Yeah. Um, so that's that's been, I think, my craziest insurance story by so far. And I hope that it stays that way is, you know, I had a Molotov cocktail thrown into a house and mm-hmm. it caught two of my houses on fire. Yeah. No, I, it, the, those fire departments, that's when a fire happens like that, that is their crime scene, like equivalent for police. Like, and they will always do, they will, yeah. they, their immediate thing is investigate for arson every yeah. single time there's fire. So right. that what they did, you know, they weren't trying to single you out. It's just right. like, there's a fire. Yeah. They're like, don't tell anybody anything. We're going to go over this place right. in a lot of detail. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad they did. And um, everything worked out well there. The, um, we moved the, the nice rent-paying tenants into another vacant house um, and were able to help them out with some of their loss of personal property and all of that. That worked out well. The, and now I'm just remembering... So that happened, and then within the same year, I had another house burned down, and that's the one where I was like, "Now they're really gonna think." I was like, "I was like, I'm gonna call Matt and tell him this. They're gonna drop me from the insurance. Like, who on earth has three properties catch on fire in a year and isn't guilty of something?" <laughs> and like, thankfully, there—I mean, not thankfully—I guess there had been like a serial arsonist and like. I don't know if they ever caught the guy. Yeah. But um, or girl. Anyways, it was the other one was it was two days after we had been through a long eviction process with these people and they had gone to their final court hearing and the judge was like, Yes, like you have to leave. The the Pulaski County Sheriff showed up like the next day to make sure they were evicted and the house had burned down. It's like this timing mm. of it was a little suspicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. But what's crazy is like no one had called, I don't think anyone had called the, or the fire department had gone out. Anyways, I'm getting down a rabbit hole, but um, the, those are my insurance horror stories. Yeah. The fires. Ugh. Yeah, fires <laughs> are the worst. That's, that's yeah. It's, it's always stressful to hear right at the beginning because you're like, well, was anybody in the house? Right. What time did this happen? Yeah, that's your first so, question. I yes. get the calls and I'm always oh. like, just please tell me no one was hurt. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that's a heavy phone call to take when, right. there's, a, when there's bodily injury. Right. Uh, whether, it's, whether it's minor from the initial story or, you know, mm-hmm. potentially, you know, someone died or something. It's, right. If you're going to have a stressful. house fire, having somebody throw a Molotov cocktail in a vacant house yeah. is not, is by far and away... Is, is far away from the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, If you got out of a fire. Yeah. What no. about you? Anything crazy? Uh, the most, I mean, I have a recent one, like within the last two, and this all stems from the tornado. We had an adjuster accidentally look at the wrong house. Mm. Um, they, 
he went out and inspected the wrong house and sent a denial of coverage letter because it didn't reach the deductible, the damage to the house. And the customer was like, do they know where this house was? And I said, I'm, we're going to have to really look into this. I mean, I'm just half imagining, the house is gone. I'm I mean, just imagining having your house completely leveled and they say the amount doesn't meet the deductible and you're like, yeah. Yeah. So that was in that, that was just, just an error. But, right. And that was, that was an odd one. That wasn't really the craziest. Probably the weirdest one I've had happen is, is because of tenants. Um, we had a, a customer that was trying to, they're trying to get some tenants out of a house and they hadn't been able to because they had stopped paying rent for however many months or whatever. And the, anyways, the tenant finally left and they went in there um, and the tenant had taken out all the kitchen cabinets, all the kitchen appliances, all the flooring out of the kitchen, <laughs> had remodeled the back patio um, because he was, he was going to turn the house. And this is on a street with other houses. He was going to turn the house into a restaurant. And so he had, which you can't do. Yeah. He, he had, he tried to turn the kitchen into a commercial kitchen. You know, he, he had taken up all the flooring cause he was going to put those rubber mats like you see in a normal kitchen gotcha. to prevent uh -huh. someone slipping. And the back patio was going to be an outdoor dining area. And, um, wow. Uh, and you know, he tried to file a claim on it and you know, again, tenant damages are not, they're not covered. Right. Um, unless they start a fire or fires, a fire can, I've seen it both ways. If, if, if you can catch the person, mm. you know, I've seen it paid. Um, but anytime, anytime someone has deliberately done damage to your property, um, deliberately, uh, I've seen a lot of times where they won't pay it, and that's more of a civil matter. That's, that's a lawsuit. Gotcha. I was about to say, to how do you protect yourself from something like that? And it's like, there's no protection. There's just after the fact you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in those scenarios in, in the world of insurance with how many different policies there are, there are certain circumstances where one could pay and one couldn't. It's just, it right. all boils down to the scenario. But like that, the guy trying to turn a kitchen, a house into a kitchen restaurant. No, absolutely not. That's, that's not going to be covered. Mm. Um, you can try, but nothing will come. Of it. Right. What in, I, I'm just like, I'm thinking through that thought process of like, if you have the money and the means to, to build a commercial kitchen and to the financial undertaking of starting a restaurant, do it in your own house. Or pay rent with that money. Right. He hadn't been paying rent, but instead well, of course. doing that. Yeah. So it's like, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a lot of odd ones, but you know, it, I've got to the point now where it's almost, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Like they don't even, I, I don't even remember half. If I really sat for a while, I could, right. I could remember most of them, but you see so many, I mean, you know, people call me and, you know, it'll be red flags going off in my mind. Like, yeah, this is fraud. Once we're off this call, I'm never going to call you back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have those, <laughs> I have those every once in a while. So every once in a while. Yeah. 
I, uh, that's how it goes with me in the stories too. It's like, I usually ask somebody about their horror stories and while they're saying it, I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. I've had something <laughs> similar happen. Yeah. I, I imagine that's, uh, I imagine property investors have the most horror stories because of, because of tenants and because things tenants. that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause y'all don't know what they're doing in that house because right. they're the ones living there yeah. as if it's their own. Y'all, you don't know what they're doing. Well, we have a, as a landlord, the, I always just think of it as like, we have a very simple agreement in place. You pay rent on time every month. And I try to make sure you have a decent place to live and that maintenance is taken care of when you need it taken care of. And it's like in a, in my idealistic world that I try to live in, it's like, that's so easy Right. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, it almost, it just, it seems like more times than not, it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. And now you're sitting here sharing the story about this kitchen getting torn out and somebody wanted to start a restaurant. I'm just, I can't help but sit here and think is some, is one of my residents out there tearing out one of my kitchens right now and has dreams of like starting a, a back patio restaurant in their neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, hope not. <laughs> we'll have, uh, you know, I've had, I've had customers call, you know, um, what was it? One recently, um, they had a, it was affected by the tornado, but there was damage to the house that was unrelated to the tornado. And it was just something the tenant had neglected to ever tell the landlord about. And the problem just kept building and building and building, Yeah, you know, like a leaky pipers, like a leaky pipe in a wall. Like, just tell them. They'll right. get it fit. Please let me know. They don't want it to damage more than just right. that little small section of drywall. Right. Yeah. Being a landlord is is riding that seesaw of like, I hope nobody calls me with maintenance. Yeah. But you also hope they call you with maintenance oh, yeah. when like it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. I would I would never sleep. Oh, dude, it's fun. No. You would love it. No. That's why you have insurance. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean that's it, that's a whole different level of stress though. Th- those are two, two very different types of stress. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you learn to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. You got to sleep. I think your body, like the main reason I sleep is like your body just forces you to do it at a certain mm-hmm. point. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That are my kids. Right. Yeah. Your kids. Yeah. Same here. Goodness. Um, well, what did we not cover? I feel like we did a pretty good job. Mm. What what would it what else would an a real estate investor need to know about insurance besides reaching out to you and JTS Financial? It it it's it varies with the it's every person's different. I just mm-hmm. some people have different ideas in their mind of what the insurance is going to be like, what it should cost, what it what coverage it should provide. Um that's that's the biggest thing we deal with is you know, ask questions, like ask me all the questions you got. I'll nerd out on insurance with you all day. If you yeah. want, tell me what you want to know. Right. Um, would this be covered? Would this be covered? I get asked if, if, uh, bed bugs are covered sometimes. Are bed bugs covered? Depends on the policy. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's, there's a couple that do yeah, and a lot don't, but you know, it, it really boils down to what's your ri- What's what level of risk are you comfortable with? Right. And how can I get you a product that matches your level of comfortability? Um, 
but also to where you can make money because it's you have a business too. You're trying to you're trying to turn a profit on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if more people, if more investors would just, you know, ask more questions and really get it to fit the mold of what, you know, their risk tolerance is, mm-hmm. they wouldn't see insurance as just this, you know, uh, just as an, another expense or another line item that right. the bank made me get or, you know, I got to get it because I read on the forum that they said you should have insurance because of this. Right. Um, there, I mean, there's several investors from out of state. Um, they don't even know that we have bad hail. Like, ask questions. We have hail all the time. We get hail all the time. Um, yeah, our insurance premiums are absolutely going to look different than what you see in Oregon or Washington. Um, you know, we see things all the time that are just different from everybody else. So. Right. Questions yeah. asked, a lot of questions. Yeah, that's great advice. Like, and and everybody's investment strategy is different. Like I've said before on here, like I, I know, hundreds of real estate investors. They all do it a different way, mm-hmm. and it's like, you can tailor your insurance to fit that strategy, but yeah, you gotta ask questions and talk to somebody like you that can guide them through. You know, people that need a lower deductible and can pay a higher premium or a lower premium and take a higher deductible. I mean, you can just go through and change all these factors and really tailor it to fit people's needs. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, great. What else? I don't know. I don't know. When are all these people getting back that you got parked outside? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the end of their business day. Uh-huh. It's uh, Wednesday today, so they'll probably work normal hours. On Friday, they get off early, but um, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming. This was great. Hopefully, it was helpful for people out there to learn a little bit about insurance. And it's not the most fun thing to talk about no, for some it's, people, but it's uh, it's such a necessary part of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. For most people's business. So it's worth spending a little bit of time listening to us talk about it or talking to your own insurance professional about how to tailor your policies to your needs and all that. So really appreciate you coming out and thank you all for watching. This has been the hustle on purpose podcast where we try to bring you the knowledge and encouragement you need to go out there and crush your goals and provide for yourself, your business, your family, and your community. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Share this with a friend that may need this knowledge. We look forward to seeing you next time. Hustle on purpose.